Welcome back to the Pick 199 podcast, episode 65. I'm here with Muzzy. Hey. And Coxie. Hey, boys. Thank you for letting the boys down again, lads. What's going on? Just <laughs> uh, a no-show. Uh, <laughs> this week we have some EPL results that we're going to run through and uh, some big news out of the EPL as well. Uh, so straight up we had the Arsenal 2-0 win over Newcastle United. I think this is like 16... Losses in a row for Newcastle or something ridiculous. Um, yep. looking, looking well and truly primed for relegation at the minute. Mm. And I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't think it's got to turn around any, any time soon. I think it's, I think it's 16 games or something without a win. Yeah. Um, I think they've had draws in that time, but I don't think they've won. Mm. Um, yeah. Poor form. Um, Arsenal continue to move forward. I'll tell you what. Um, as much as we bag on managers and how bad they are, hats off to Mikel Arteta and the Arsenal um, higher-ups for actually sticking with him. Um, mm. It seems like he's actually got him onto a winner here and they seem to be in better form than they've been in a long, long time. I mean, even even when I think back to Wenger's last couple of years, <coughs> probably better form than that. Yeah. Um, they, they, look really, they look really good and they look like they, they're playing for a purpose at this stage. So... Mm. Um, look, look for him to, to scare a few teams as well coming towards the sharp end. Yeah. Um, it'd be very, very interesting. But, yeah, can't give him enough praises. I, th- I think a lot of that comes down to, like, just giving the like that young midfield time to breathe as well. Yeah. Like Odegaard and uh, Smith-Rowe and Sucker, obviously, as well. Like, just absolutely killing it for, for um, Arsenal at the minute. And um, Aubameyang actually finally doing something for the team as well. I tell, I tell you what, Smith Rowe is really knocking hard on that England cap. Absolutely, um, he's really knocking hard to take a lot of play, people out of their out of their spots. Um, he he's been incredible for them. Well, I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were they were talking about like just the absolute plethora of like midfielders that England has at the minute. Like you think yep. you've got Saka, you've got Smith Rowe, and then you've got like Calvin Phillips, uh, Mason Mount. Uh, Anderson. We'll have Declan Rice as a centre defensive mid. Yep. Like, just absolutely, like, insane amount of midfielders that are in great form. You know, Henderson, Phil Foden. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, just mm. absolute plethora of, of great midfielders. So. But they might actually be able to win a trophy in the next few years, boys. Who knows? <laughs> uh, moving on. We never know. Yeah. <laughs> That's their favourite spot, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. Uh, Sunday afternoon, we had Aston Villa knuckling out a 2-1 win over Crystal Palace. Uh, good to see Aston Villa back on the winner's circle. I think uh, they were in trouble for relegation as well in the last in the yeah. last week. Yeah, well, I think Stevie G's now got two wins from two, so it's, it's good signs for them. Mm. Um, they, they, they look like they're performing really well. Slight knockback for Crystal Palace. Um, I'm sure Vieri will, will get him back in and give him a good talking to. They should have been a lot better. Um, they played well. Just l- lack of lack of ability to get that last pass in to get that finish. I think really let them down, um, which which we're not used to seeing. And um, we're not used to seeing the likes of um, uh, Benteke and Zaha this season um, sort of be shut out of the game. And they just... They just seem to be a bit, a bit isolated, but I'm sure Vieri will fix that up. And credit to Stevie G for finding that weakness 
um, early on and, and really capitalised on it to, to get the Aston Villa win. Mm. No, absolutely. Uh, very good. Uh, moving on, we had Liverpool with a 4-0 win over Southampton. Southampton really struggling at the minute. Uh, they just can't seem to find any form, but also mm-hmm. they're, they're up against like the like the strike team of the year at the minute in mm. Liverpool. Like yeah. I, I, yeah. No, Liverpool looking really good. Uh, good win. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not much to say on. We we usually have our little uh, Liverpool fan here. Yeah. on about the next England yeah. captain, but um, <laughs> they played they played really well. Southampton was really poor. That's, that's, that's about, that's about the wrap up of the game. <laughs> no, very good. <laughs> uh, we had nil all draws between uh, Norwich and Wolverhampton, as well as mm-hmm. Brighton and Leeds. Uh, probably disappointing for both Wolves and Leeds to not get a result out of either of those games. Yep. And I would say, for, I would say for Brighton. Yeah, I'd yeah. say for Brighton though that they'd want to how, how competitive they were to start the season. They probably they probably want to win out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but they'll they'll take a draw and continue on with the form that they're on. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on, we had Brentford getting a one 0 win over Everton. Uh, Everton, I think, is in the last six games haven't had a win. So, I think they've been really poor and. Rafa needs to turn this around quickly. I, yeah, I still think that's a huge result for Brentford, though, to get a 1-0 win on Everton. Mm. I mean, Brentford, like a year ago, they were playing the championship and then mm. to come in and, you know, they're playing at home, I guess, and get a 1-0 win against Everton. I think that's mm. uh, that's awesome for them. They'd be ecstatic with that result. Yeah. Well, we said that they'd do this all year, too. They, yeah. like, they have the ability have to, to knock down a few wins against height, like, Higher class opponents, so yeah, good win for them. Uh, disappointing for Everton. Uh, moving on, we had Leicester uh, busting out a 4 2 win over Watford. Um, Madison back and looked really good. Uh, and Vardy, Vardy looking good, scoring mm. some goals too. So good to see Leicester sort of get a win after they sort of had a bit of a lull there, like mm. last couple of games. Um, so yeah, good. Do you think that's? Do you think this is the turning point, boys? I mean, I know Watford's not a sort of a big table team that could spark a turnaround, but do you think the fact Leicester got four on them um, be a tide to change? I'm not, I'm not convinced as of yet that this is a turning point mm-hmm. for Leicester, but I think the more the more game time that Madison has back in that side, I think the stronger they'll be too. So mm. yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think this this might be a catalyst for a bit of a run. Put it this way, I I wouldn't be likely to be playing them next week. Yeah, no, uh, exactly. it's probably probably not the best with uh, how good Vardy looked and James Madison just didn't like after he came on came off the bench last week. Um, he's he's looked much better this week. Looked more comfortable. Yeah, um, taking, to assist. Yeah, yeah, and taking control of the game quite easily as well, um, which we saw him do a lot last season. So. Hopefully, you can continue to do that the rest of this season. Mm. And I think the other thing is too, Madison's another midfielder that's knocking down the door for that England cap as well. Yeah. Uh, very good. Moving on, we had Man City getting a 2-1 win over West Ham. Uh, I think Man City was pretty much in control this whole this whole game. Just a late, late goal to uh, West Ham that just sort of made it look a bit 
Yeah, the it, was, it, was, it was a wonder strike for Lanzini. I mean, he was he was outside the box, he hit the crossbar, mm-hmm. absolute Bob Bolton shot. Like Edison had no chance. Um, it was a great shot to, to call it back. But yeah, look, we, we were in control. I would have liked to see more goals at, before the half because um, we had so many chances mm. um, and generated so much. But my hat goes off to Gundogan, had an absolute blinder. Um, wore the captain's armband this game as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, played played absolutely terrific um, throughout the whole game and, and really, really led from the front and um, really, really impressed me. And I have to say, uh, after the win at the Champions League, I've got to backtrack on some words about Bernardo Silva. He had an absolute blinder. <laughs> uh, he just, every every week I, I say I'm, I'm just not impressed by him and every week he seems to play better. Um, so I just... No, no, keep, no, keep ragging him. Yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll keep ragging on him and I'm sure he'll end up getting a hat-trick one of these days. But... Um, <laughs> No, I just look. I, it's, it's not a personal attack, and I, I think he's a great player. There's just certain things that just don't seem to fit the the narrative. But at the moment, the way he's playing, um, I wouldn't be benching him. So mm. I don't see why Pep wouldn't. I'm pretty critical of him. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have to. I have to say when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, but I'm sure um, with the coming weeks, maybe I'll get something out of it. And sh- shout out to Joao Cancelo. I think he's he's had like uh, four, five, six, seven, something like that. Man of the matches this year, um, playing out out of his mind, um, mm. really coming to his own in that outside back spot. Um, so it's it's been really good. Not very good. Well, let's move on to the final match of the round, and we had Chelsea and Manchester United. <clears throat> oh, this is painful. Uh, busting out a one-all <laughs> draw. Um. The one thing I'll say is I'm really disappointed that we didn't score more than one goal. But also, you could almost say that as well, Coxie, after Fred absolutely botched a great chance to score a second goal. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, we didn't have as many chances as uh, you did. So, no. I mean, look at that. Two on target, we score one. So, we're pretty clinical, 50% um, strike rate for us, goal rate. So, I think that's pretty good. Um, sorry, Roscoe, you add more to, to talk about Chelsea or? Uh, yeah, I've got plenty of things to say about Chelsea. Um, Can I just I, before you start, Roscoe, sorry. Sorry, just yeah. before we start. Um, thoughts on Jorginho. Um, so finished third in the Ballon d'Or race and gave away probably the easiest goal to Jane Sancho and just refused to track back. It, it was, it was um, a, uh, yeah, it was a very big uh, head scratcher. Like it was as soon as he lost the ball that he just, he just gave up. Saw, yeah. saw Sancho there and didn't track back with him. Like, yeah. I, I still think, and I've always said, like, he's a good player, but I think he's severely overrated in that spot. I really think that people don't realise how much work Kante does to sort of, sort of like bring a hole for for uh, Jorginho in a way. Like, a lot, a lot of like Ryan does for Maguire, Coxie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's severely overrated for, for what he does in that midfield. Um, I think the other thing is too, we had Callum Hudson Odoi playing one of his first, starting one of his first games of the year too. Uh, we also had Ruben Loftus Cheek in the mids there too. Uh, two players that haven't seen much much uh, game time. 
Uh, we had Chilwell go down during the week in the Champions League with a season-ending season ending ACL injury, so he won't be back. And he's been pivotal in that moving forward of the ball and like slipping in as like a false nine here and there to to create space. So, uh, we definitely missed Kante and Kovacic in the middle. Um, but I think we st- I think the other thing was too we started we started Werner up front and that's fine. I just think we need habits up there with him to to use that speed a bit more. Uh, Habit seems to be a bit more clinical in his passing and and whatnot, and I think uh, Hudson Odoi is just not quite the player that we needed at the time. Um, in saying that, we we held possession in that first half for, for like seventy percent to thirty percent. Uh, the fact that we only got like six shots on target for the whole game, pretty poor, I think, in the end. Like. And there would, there would have been at least 12, 15 shots in that first half that we really just sort of, like, we really had a good chance. Like, we caught caught out um, the centre-backs, Bay and um, Lindelof a, f- a few times. But, yeah, look, it, it's not good enough for a team that's supposed to be leading the competition. And I think that's just about what I've got to say on that. It's disappointing for us because... Realistically, we, we were lucky to get back in that game. Like I said, like I don't. Other than that penalty, I don't think we we're going to score. Mm-hmm. In a way, we were lucky to get a draw out of that. When really we should have been pushing to win. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, no, hundred percent, Roscoe. Um, as a United fan going into this game, you know, considering the games that we've already played, I was sort of just hoping not to be embarrassed. Um, you know, like I don't, another five nil or four nil sort of loss to one of those big teams would have, you know, probably wasn't off the table really. Mm. You know, could have quite quite easily happened. I thought. Um, then the way the game panned out, um, I think yeah, Chelsea were probably really unlucky just not to not to you know win this game. De Gea I think made some great saves. Yeah, and, you know, he's been doing that for us. You know, just for I think for you know most of this season, he's just been he's just been solid between the sticks, which is great. Um, and no Maguire this game, I do believe no Maguire in the in the, in the yeah um, no, no Maguire played in the lineup. Uh, so yeah. I I wonder you know how the like the game would have been affected had Maguire been you know playing because mm-hmm. Bruno Fernandez was the captain, which I've always thought all along he he's a great option as a captain. Mm-hmm. I think. What he did when he first came in, um, when Oli brought him in um, and turned the club around mm. um, for that season, what happened was just I thought that alone deserved the the armband, and yet they still gave it to to Maguire. Um, but yeah, look, I think a one all, and, and you know the best thing I think to come out of this game was um, that Sancho was on the score sheet again, so he scored in the in the Champions League in the midweek, which you know mm. like I just felt each game that went by that he didn't score was just more and more pressure that was coming on from the outside as well as on himself, from within mm. himself, I thought. Um, and then just glad that he's sort of got, you know, two goals in two games, um, which might be, you know, I think it's going to do wonders for his confidence, hopefully get him maybe back to that Borussia Dortmund form. And I know Borussia, they play a different style to United. Um, but nevertheless, I'm hoping that's going to, you know, impact his game for the better. Um, the decision for Carrick not to play Ronaldo sort of got me in two minds, boys, because some days I think 
you know, is, is Ronaldo like a bandage on a wound kind of thing? Is he just going to be there? We've got a bigger problem, you know, behind Ronaldo, obviously. Like, he's always mm-hmm. saving us from these games, scoring the goal. And, you know, we're just Ronaldo just puts the team on his back and, and, and gets us through, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think you can do. If you, if you want to win those bigger games, those more important matches, like in the Champions League, you can't do it because those teams mm-hmm. you're playing against would just, they'll understand that. And they'll make you win the game by beating them with Fred. Do you know what I mean? Or with yeah. Rashford or, or with somebody else. I know Rashford's a good player, but at the moment, you know, it's just it's one of those things. Um, so I guess, I don't know, the decision not to play Ronaldo, I thought, like my first thought was, why wouldn't you play the team that's in form? Mm. Yeah. I know he missed, he, he has missed some opportunities in the Prem, um, but I think he still played better than the other options we had. Mm. Um and, but then I think maybe it was just a way to, you know, see what the boys can do without him. Like he did play the Champions League midweek and maybe just to see what we could do uh, without him. I, you know, and he still played. He played, you know, he came on. Um, didn't really, wasn't a big impact when he came on though. Um, but look, I think um, it was a great result for us. Um, you know, a win would have even been better. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And at the moment, I think United, we're sort of beggars at the moment with the way mm. our form has been. I'm just hoping uh, Ralph can, um, <laughs> you know, it's sort of, and he's got some high praise from Jurgen Klopp and and Tuchel as well. So I'm hoping he can sort of turn things around. I don't know if it's going to be instant. Um, I just hope it's, I'd rather it sort of be for long-term success as opposed to an instant fix. Mm-hmm. You know what I, I think, mean? I think for um, Ralph, uh, Rignicki, like he, he was the, uh, one of the main main guys that brought in the type of style that Klopp and uh, Tuchel have adopted. So uh, that that can only sort of mean good things for me and you. But mm. going going back to uh, this, the not playing of Ronaldo, I think part of that was the first half, I think, was just them trying to stay in the game. Um, and I think a lot of that was like based on like the formation that Harry could set. I think... So what it looked like was a 4-3-3, three, three, I think. So it would have been four backs. And then, like, I think you had Fred, uh, Matic, and uh, McTominay. Yeah, oh, yeah, As, yeah. like, three defensive mids. And then, but, like, I think the problem that you then had was, like I've said before, you, you don't have, like, anyone in that real central sort of role, like Fernandez. I think Fernandez was pushed up front a bit more. So you had, mm-hmm. like, a fourth and a close three and then like like a gap in between in the front three. So yep. I mean that that's never really gonna work, but I mean I will say McTominay looked really good in that game and I think he's definitely one that should be in that central defensive role. I also think uh like when Donnie came on as well, he he played really well as well. So yeah. if yeah. you have if you have those two, even if you had uh Matic in there as well, I think you'd be all right. But I, I just think Fred needs to go. There needs to be like four or five yeah, players look, he, need to go. He's had some. He does some good plays though. Like he, there was one point he sort of he, he got the ball off two Chelsea players. Like he knocked in another one and, and sort of regathered it. But I mean, for the good that he does, I feel like he does one good thing, but then he does and three bad things, two or three bad things as well. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. And yeah, and you know, it's it's good to see that Donny's now starting to get a chance to show why mm. Ollie brought him in in the first place. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'd rather, I've always said I'd rather have Donny on than Fred 
just to see yeah. how he goes. Um, but I don't think you can – I think, you know, the best midfield we've got – I mean, I know Pogba's sort of out, but the best midfield we'd have would be – I think would be McTominay and, and Fernandez and probably mm. Donny. Yeah, honest. I think so. He does well there as well. He, he can come in because he provides mm. that experience and that level head. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, and, and, and those boys up the front. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I want to see how it goes when Maguire comes back to see how we play defensively. Mm. I was just so about honestly, to say... Um, I'm honestly like, thinking if he was there, we might have lost this game. Yeah. Well, I also think, though, too, like I think for for that positional sort of thing, like... You guys have the ability to play like that four three three, or even like a four three two one. Like so, you could have like your four backs, and then like Fernandez like in a cam role, and then uh, like McTominay and like a central role. Mm. But then you've also got like Sancho and um, like you still got Greenwood on the bench, I think as well. But like Sancho, I think should be in that sort of right mid or like close to right wing position, yeah. and then. You've got Rashford as well that you can play on the left, and then you got Lings yeah. on the Jay Lings on the on the bench as well. Mm. But like if you did like two two lower sort of like wing players to push push that outside, and then had Ronaldo in the middle or Cavani as well. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty sweet. But I think it's just going to come down to to like whatever Ralph Rignicki wants to do, and. Um, Hopefully they can get some consistency out of that team because there's definitely players there that yep. win games for, for me and you. And I and think there was, a, there was a quote he said where he just wants to get these players to play into their potential. And if we can do that, I mean, there's so much potential there. Like you think just in Rashford, in Greenwood, um, mm. you know, in Sancho, in a lot of those boys, there's lots of potential mm. there that just needs to come out. And exactly, if we can get that, I'll be happy to get our potential, reach the potential, and, and get consistency with the squad. Um, that'd be nice. But I just got two quick, two quick, quick questions for you, Coxie. Yeah, mate. Uh, with with uh, Ralph coming in, um, would you have liked to see him as opposed to an interim role to be just given the role, as opposed to him having an interim role? Yeah, so instead of yeah. – because obviously they, they, they went out and they said, right, we're going to have a caretaker, which ended up being Michael Carrick. And then they said, until we find an interim manager, would you have preferred that they just gave him the role outright? Yeah, honestly, would. I'm not a big fan of this interim kind of things that they do. Like, you know, I mean, going back, we've tried to sign Pochettino three times, and each time we've had an interim manager, and each time we've just kept that manager on. Yeah, because we've sort of done well. I think if the players and the whole club knows that, you know, Ralph's only on till the end of the season and then they've got someone else to impress, someone else to, to prove themselves to. I don't know. I just, I think for them to know that if, if Ralph's the man, if he's going to be the bloke for the, you know, unforeseeable future, they've got to work a lot harder. And I think yeah. it sort of provides a bit of stability as well. Because we, we saw like... Said Ralph's staying on anyway um, <laughs> in some capacity with the club, but... You know, yeah. we, we've seen, yeah, yeah, we've seen what he's done with the RB Lighting team. Mm. Um, pr- produce some absolute superstar players. They play very attractive football, regardless of what you think about their stance on being the Red Bull team. Whatever you have to admit that they play some really good football, and they've come up from you know Division Two to Division One in the space of three, four years. And are super competitive in that division, and it's a lot to do with what he would, what he done in that division, mm. and what he had done for that team. 
Um, I, I think I think they should they should have given him the role outright. Mm. I think they should have said, "Yep, radio, we we look for interim, but we got the guy we wanted, regardless of whether they did or not." Should have just said, "We got the guy that we wanted. We'll chuck him in there, see how he goes, give him some time, let him breathe." Because yeah. all this, I, I agree with you with the interim stuff. I feel like it just it just doesn't work. Um, and, and I think from it's, a, it's sorry, like a, it's like us, a, from like a manager's point of view, I think they're not. It's like it's almost like they they don't have the trust or the faith of the board. They've been given this role where they've got to show success within such a short space of time, and if they don't, they're out. Yeah, I think what Ralph did with those teams, he had like I think he had time to do that because it takes time to do that, yeah. that with clubs. And if you want greatness, you can't do it in a year. You can't do it in six months. Can't do it in six months. Yeah, no. I think I think the only other it takes thing, years to build. Yeah, the only other thing that I've heard or seen is that Ralph, Ralph is now so he's the interim manager, of course. But he's also there to pick the next manager as well, which just sort of makes me go, well, like 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 we said just before, like just give him the job, let him set a standard for that club, and then go from there. Because like if he's going to play his style, and then they eventually get Poch, Poch is going to change the way that they're playing yeah. against. So yeah. and you can't like, have too much. Chop and change for a yeah. club. I don't think it's good for a club. You and I, and I, I think, yeah, the best example of that is when Frankie Lampard got the Chelsea job. He was mm. never told it was an interim job. Mm. He took that on as a role. That was his role. And mm. considering it was his first big piece of managerial com- capacity, that'd probably be the only time I would say, yeah, it's fine to put in for a um, for an interim role because. Mm. You understand that the person's young. They've only just recently retired from playing football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chelsea took that step to go, no, he's our manager. And you could just see the confidence difference with all the players that he was bringing in and the way his coaching style developed. Well, I think I think the best thing that happened for Frank, though, too, was that transfer ban window because yeah. um, we were forced to use our youth, but also like... I think that allowed a little bit of leeway for Frank in terms of uh, results as yeah. well, because we only had the players that we had and then uh, the juniors that were coming through like Mason Mount and like Billy Gilmore and all those sort of Tammy Abraham. So I think that's probably the only, like me and you at the minute doesn't have that capacity because they, they do buy fair, fairly uh, expensive players as well. Like if that makes sense, like they, they do go out and they're diligent in the market sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, but I still think we buy smart. Like, we got Ronaldo pretty cheap. Mm. We waited another year for Sancho. We didn't pay that that huge asking price. Barissi mm. wanted we waited a year and we got him at, at a cheaper rate. I think Bruno we paid paid higher for, um, but I think he was worth every penny the way he came in and turned the club around that year. Got us I was in the about, Champions I was about League year. Like, um, and, and, like, and Varane... He was worth every penny too, just to see him cover up. I mean, he's pretty much playing two centre back roles, which is which is a shame that you, now that you mentioned all those players, um, and obviously like Donny Van der Beek being the yeah. exception coming in, um, it's a shame that you, you mentioned all those really good pieces of business, and we always talk about the oh, wow. hole that's the hole that seems to be Maguire, um, and the persistence to play him. Um, yeah, it's look. Yeah, it's very strange 
considering you don't really have to justify it if what you just said, Coxie, I mean, mm. Pogba, even though you've let him go and then brought him back, I think he's paid for himself. Yeah. I mean, how many times um, has he won with France? Yeah. And look, Muzzy, I was thinking a bit more about what you said last week about, you know, if, if Maguire, they should play Maguire and then, um, you know, they're just sort of playing him there, as I said, just, you know, to wallow around in mediocrity for a couple of years and then it's not a big failure. But they always talk about bringing players in to patch up the defence. But honestly, I think Juan Basaka and Shaw and, and Varane, they're all quality defenders with Varane being a world-class defender. I honestly think the problem is Maguire. And mm. if they played Lindelof or Bailey there instead, I think that just solves the problem. Mm-hmm. honestly do. Um, and I don't know, there's, yeah, as you said, Mars, there just seems to be this persistence and almost not quit kind of attitude to play him into form yeah. or play him into a better player, you know. Um, which is, which is, which is, it's sad to say because you compare it to, for example, a Chelsea squad, um, Tuchel's not going to pick a player if he's not in form. It doesn't matter if that player is worth 180 million. Or if that player is worth twenty million or ten million, and it's the same with City. I mean, numerous times have certain players been dropped because they've been poor, poor that week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it yeah. doesn't matter who it is; it, it could have been anyone. And yeah. I mean, the the biggest extent that that went to was Aguero. I mean, mm-hmm. he's club legend, arguably the, the greatest player for the club ever. And Pep was not afraid to drop him. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, not, not, not that, that it's not that I'm saying it's a good thing. I mean, it's just he was was wasn't afraid to stand behind it and say, "Yeah, I dropped him because he's out of form." Yeah, I think. Do, do you think that part too, of that actually, though, too, was um, like we saw with Ollie, he did tend to like sort of pick and stick with players that probably shouldn't have been playing. Do you think that was more because tactically he wasn't aware, but also he wanted to be more their friends than than their manager? Like, does yeah, that make sense? Like, like he just enough, didn't yeah. seem to, like, man-manage that team very well. Yeah. It's almost like he was picking off reputation as opposed to, to the form that was going yeah, on. The form that was I'm on, hoping yeah. that Ralph, you know, he's not – he's coming in from outside the club mm. and I'm hoping he comes in. He's they've, they've already – like, everybody respects him, the way they talk about mm. him, other coaches and, and managers and whatnot. So I hope he comes in and he's, he's that kind of guy that's just going to pick – purely based on on form because if you have players thinking that they can half ass a you know a midweek or a cold mm. game at Sunderland mm. or Stoke or whatever, um, they shouldn't be able to do that mm. to slack off in games like that. And I think there's a few players in United that sort of slack off a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, being one of them. Mm. And you know, if they're not in form, they should they should be dropped regardless if they're captain, regardless if it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. Um, just so they've got because no, there shouldn't be any player bigger than the club. Mm. And at the moment, I feel like Maguire is bigger than United. Yeah. yeah, well, at least he thinks he is. I think. Mm. I think the good thing, like when I've heard Ralph talk, is that um, he seems very sort of like rigid. Like he'll come in, he'll shake up that team a bit. Like in terms of like if they're not good enough, then they won't mm. play, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, sort of backtracking just just a little bit. Uh, and like from what I saw against Chelsea, like I thought Lindelof or, or even by I think Lindelof might be the the choice to be next to Varane, only because I think Lindelof's got a bit more turning speed on him, so he'll be able to track back a bit quicker, a bit more diligently than. And before, than Maguire. And before Varane came in, he was the the pairing with Maguire. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, and I think with a bit of time, like Lindelof will will 
plugged that hole very well. Um, and like it, it was good to see um, your left back Alex Tellers get a bit of a run too because I think he's a really good player that yeah. has been underutilized. I think unfortunately when he's like Shaw, Shaw's been in decent form, but the last six weeks I wouldn't have been playing him in yeah. terms of his form. So, but another one that should have been, you know, potentially yeah. dropped just to show that you know if you're not going to play well, you'd be replaced. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I will say, um, one Basaka was unlucky to give away that penalty on the weekend too. Like, as I think that was more like Thiago Silva figured out that there's a there's an opportunity there, and I mean he took it. And Thiago has been just. Absolutely phenomenal for Chelsea at the minute, too. So, yeah, yeah, he's insane for a 35 year old free transfer, yeah. mate. mate. <laughs> he's a freak and he's loving his time at Chelsea, which is great. So, <laughs> let, let it last while I can. Well, before we finish up, we'll just have a quick look at the table. Uh, so, top three hasn't changed Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool pretty much well clear of the rest. West Ham and Arsenal on the same amount of points, though. Uh, with 23 points. Arsenal have really well and truly snuck into that fifth spot. Uh, really only the goal difference from the start of the year that's sort of letting them down, I think. Um, and in that six to ten spots, we have Wolverhampton, Tottenham, Manchester United and Brighton. Uh, and Leicester sitting on 10th. Uh, and I think Teams 11 through to 17 are pretty much where we had them. I think when we did the tier list, just maybe a little bit more jumbled. Uh, are we surprised that Everton's that low with the team that they have? Yeah, well, I don't think they're that low. Like, if you look, they're only on, what, 15? So, I mean, they're only really a win away from getting to 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I think um, they'll come back. They're too yeah. good of a team um, to not do it. And I think... I know James Rodriguez was a like he's a great player, um, but I think getting rid of him was was sort of did wonders for their culture. Just having a player that thinks that they can, you know, not try and they can just turn on when they want to. Um, yeah. and they got rid of him, so I think getting rid of him was a good a good sort of thing to do. Um, yeah, I think I don't think I'll be too worried if I was Everton. They're only three points off tenth, so I'll get there. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Uh, and do we think? Eight like that mm-hmm. relegation zone of Burnley, Norwich, and Newcastle. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be very, um, very, double. very disappointing for Newcastle if they go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, they just get bought out. I mean, your job this year is to stay afloat. Yeah, and that's that's literally laugh, that's literally it. Just stay afloat, and they mm-hmm. just they just don't look like they can do it. So. Look, the hope is that during the transfer transfer market when it opens up soon. Well, I was about to say, do you think that they're going to rely on a bit of um, a bit of cash to be spent in that transfer yeah. market to get? I think I think I think they're allowed to spend about a hundred million in this off season. Um, so, yeah, look, it's it just depends how deep of a hole they're going to be in. As you said, like the, this season, they haven't won a game. Um, the best results they've had is six draws. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look. It's a it's a deep hole at the moment. Um, mm. Hopefully they can find a way out. I think we had Norwich, Burnley, and Watford. I think were our bottom three. Yeah, um, yeah. So Watford's I think we might have had. Brent, did we have Brentford down there as well, or is it? No, we had him uh, just staying out. Just in the, yeah, 
yeah, we had it. We had them staying afloat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's 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 pretty close. Um, Southampton's been a bit disappointing, but like Coxie said, I mean they're only four points outside the ten, so um, mm. it's really 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 close at the moment, except for that bottom three. Yeah, yeah. they're really behind. That's it. Oh, very good. Well, I think that just about wraps up episode sixty-five of the Pick One Ninety Nine podcast. Thanks for listening. Like and subscribe. Comment below, and we'll catch up with you next time. Catches. See ya.